Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rookler Politics Takeaway for Tuesday, September 6th. I'm Tom Bevan, co-founder and president of RCP. I'm Carl Cannon, Washington Bureau Chief. So, Tom, two more two more months in the election. And it we'll, is on. We used to say this is when the general election starts, but we're in the era of permanent campaigns. But this is the home stretch. This is now for the next, what, 60 days? Well, theoretically, all of the August vacations are over. People are back to work, right? And now... We're going to see all the debates. We'll see all the money being spent on ads. This is all going to happen over the next 60 days. And traditionally, this is when voters kind of get get focused on the choice uh, in November. So we'll see. And and clearly, to your point, though, this campaign has been going on for some time. Joe Biden launched a new phase of it last week, declaring basically <laughs> all the Trump supporters as threats to democracy. He continued that over the weekend, Carl, with stops in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and then back to Pennsylvania again for an event at both uh, locations and both events. He continued to push this theme that Donald Trump and and his the MAGA Republicans, and he's tried to sort of walk back and differentiate. He's not talking about all Republicans. He's not talking about everybody who voted for Donald Trump. He's not talking, but we don't know. I mean, he, he hasn't gotten super specific. Uh, about who who he's talking about, but that this is a threat to democracy, and he's rejecting the idea that this is somehow divisive, and that he's presenting an optimistic, inclusive, unifying message that we all have to get together and oppose these hateful, uh, you know, threats to democracy coming from Donald Trump. Well, Tom, it is a threat to democracy to hold elections. In which one of the which the losing side won't accept the outcome. That I think that's obvious. I I've said this before, and I'm going to keep saying it. I, I it would be nice for the president to acknowledge his own party's role in fostering such an environment because they didn't really accept the election of Donald Trump the first time, and Trump didn't accept that he lost the second time. And both parties are, are to blame. And it seems the way out of it is to acknowledge that and to speak and to speak candidly to your own side not demonize the other side but i don't think joe biden is thinking strategically right now i think he's thinking tactically and what he's trying to do is make sure that the senate stays nominally in in democratic hands it's 50-50 with the vice president as the tiebreaker and i think he hopes that they can actually hang on to the house the democrats said you know things have been moving in his way Republicans only need six seats, but I think what the president is doing is pulling out all the stops to try and keep the Congress in Democratic hands. It seems to me, my impression is that this is not going to be a successful strategy or tactic on his part. I understand fear is a motivator and you always all these ads are going to be trying to scare the other side away from individual candidates but i just don't know that demonizing the electorate is is or even a portion of the electorate is going to be a successful strategy i mean when has that ever been the case well Carl? we'll we'll, we'll, talk, we'll find out if it works but i guess what i'm saying is even if it does work it's, it's it it could do harm to the country this is not where we want and, and you know biden knows this it, all you have to do to prove that he knows this is go listen to what he said when he was running for president in 2020. He didn't talk like this. This is a different guy, a different candidate, a different approach, a different thought about America. 
Um, and that's why he's struggling. So I, I'm still optimistic because he doesn't want to acknowledge he's changed 180 degrees. In the meantime, the president, the other president, the former, former president, who I don't know if to this day Trump's acknowledged really that he lost. He's got these documents. Uh, impeachment 3.0 is proceeding apace. <laughs> and, and this time the stakes are higher. They thought, you know, this time I think they want to put him in prison instead of just get, get him out of office. And when they put him in prison, he doesn't go away. They'll probably want to put a stake through his heart. But in any event, his lawyers, Donald Trump's, asked for a special master to review the material taken from Mar-a-Lago. Um, the, and it's not really to determine whether it's classified, uh, although that's part of the inquiry. It's to re- What the Trump lawyers asked for is some of it's just our stuff. We want our stuff back. It had nothing to do it's personal effects. The special master will go through, make that determination. and But also the special master who needs top secret clearance. Well, it'll be the first time someone not a party to this will actually be able to see this, this material and see if, as the media tells us, it's some of the most sensitive secrets the, nas- the country has, or if it's just, you know, political stuff. I, I have no idea what's in it. I don't know why Trump took it. This will stall the proceedings. The Justice Department is not supposed to do any more with these documents, and it may end up sending it to the Supreme Court. I mean, that, that's all that—that's all that institution needs to have to decide this. Well, a couple couple things about that, Carl. Number one, the judge, her name was Aileen M. Cannon, yes. no relation not to, that I know of, to you, <laughs> that you know of, uh, who was the one? She was a, apparently a Trump appointee. The the. Left, I saw a couple of clips of MSNBC. These people have just absolutely lost their minds. They get a decision, and and she's corrupt, and she's biased, and she's doesn't you know, you know doesn't doesn't acknowledge rule of law. Wait, did they did they call her a Mexican judge? Though did they did they go that far? That was Trump's. They famous, did not. Are you, famous smear. But I see in the New York Times. So this is a headline, and, and it's a piece written by Charlie Savage. Quote, deeply problematic. Experts question judges' intervention in Trump inquiry. So Charlie Savage, you know, decided after this came down, he's going to go interview a bunch of experts and get them, you know, to trash this judge and her decision and then write that up as as a piece. And it just struck me as, you know, all of this, this was a, quote, unprecedented intervention by a federal district judge in the middle of an ongoing federal criminal national security investigation, said Stephen Vladek, a law professor at the University of Texas, and on and on. He uses the... The phrase unprecedented is used to describe this judge's decision over and over again. It's never used to describe the raid on the former and potentially future president's home, which clearly, I mean, wait, wait, know, that, wait, wait. we are in unprecedented uh, territory all the way around here. Well, is that fair to say? Yeah, but it's used on the term is used on Fox News. Um, uh, Bill Barr actually had a good rejoinder to that. He said, well, it's unprecedented for a president to take classified information to a country club. Um, look, it was unprecedented to have a reality TV star uh, and nominally, in, you know, seemingly failed real estate magnet run for president and win. You know, yes, since June of 2015, Tom, we have been in unprecedented territory. No, but I mean, with respect to this event in particular, this is all we're in uncharted territory. To your point, I mean, we... We've never had a, a, the FBI raid the home of a former president. That has never happened before. Right. And let's hope it never happens again. And and now he's asking for this and, and was granted this request for the special master. It was, you know, and that was unprecedented that the judge uh, made this decision. So 
I mean, to your point, I, I don't know that this changes the outcome of what's going to happen, but it certainly will delay, stall, whatever you want to say, um, what we're going to find out about these documents. So it's going to be it's, tra- it's, it's going to be a little bit longer before yeah, we that's... have a better understanding of what's going on. Yeah, but you know, Tom, you, the point you're making, I, I don't want to criticize the any particular paper this morning, newspaper by name, or but but the the media has changed, and I won't say it's unprecedented. There's a precedent, but it predates my lifetime of this partisan press. Um, in the old days, you would a, 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 an editorial board would write a piece, say, "Well, it's unfortunate that that this judge felt that he, she had to take this step, and now we're going to it's going to delay the process, and the American people would like some resolution." I, I can see why. People who followed this would be disappointed in this decision. But then to attack the people on per, the, this personalized nature of attacks on people's motives and values and character when they do something with which we disagree, um, that's also unprecedented. Um, and again, I use that word. I don't mean it never happened before, but it hasn't happened in modern political history to this degree. We're just we're in an era where everything and it's, you know, and look, it's for it's for ratings and clicks. Some of these people are just you know, trashing the political system for money, which is a pretty low thing to do. But most of these people are not doing it. They're true believers, man. And it's all tribal. Oh, this is bad for my side, or I perceive it as so I'm going to attack the people who did it. And you know, what you'd like to see is a little more maturity in the media and a little more thoughtfulness, <laughs> a little more philosophical nature. Uh, he's, he, you, you've left the reservation again, Carl, you've gone, you know, rainbows and unicorns again. Okay. But can I bring us back to earth? But can, can we mention before we close out today? Um, yes. The UK has a new prime minister. Liz, Liz Truss is her name. Boris Johnson on the way out. Um, she s- slammed, um, S- Scottish, Scottish leader, Nicola Sturgeon, who's promised another referendum over Scotland should leave the, uh, UK in 2023. Boris Johnson said the United Kingdom is so strong that, that those who want to break it up will keep trying, but they will never, ever succeed. Sort of employing Churchillian language there on his way out the door. But he did something Winston Churchill would never do, Tom. Boris Johnson, I thanked his cat and his dog for their patience, but neglected to mention his wife in his going away speech. That is not a mistake Winston Churchill would have made. He would have remembered... Um, to mention Clemmy if he was going to mention his pets. Uh, on that note, we will there leave it there. And it's a good reminder if you if if you haven't signed up for Carl Cannon's Morning Note, which is coming out twice a week now, right? Mondays and Fridays? Two, Tuesdays and Fridays. Tuesdays and Fridays. You'll get a little dose of history in your inbox before 9 a.m. every Tuesday and Friday. He's been doing it for over a decade now, and it's always, it's always good stuff. So with that, I will sign off for this morning. I'm Tom Bevan, co-founder and president of Rookler Politics. And I'm Carl Cannon, Washington Bureau Chief, and this has been the RCP Takeaway for Tuesday, September 6, 2022.